health conscious. This episode here is all about the man Randy Osei. We'll be calling in. He's on the phone right now. We got him right now. He's still going to figure Randy, what's going on, man? Not much, man. How are you guys doing? Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Well, is it, what is it? Are you over in the West Coast or are you here on the East Coast? I'm, I'm actually in Toronto right now. Oh, okay. okay. Stop. I ain't never been to Toronto. I heard Toronto is lovely, though. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you got to come. You got to come. Especially our summers are, our summers are pretty wild. What is it? I always hear about the Caribbean Festival is like the best one. Oh, yeah. Carabana. Carabana. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. A lot of Americans come down and uh, a bunch of parties and events and uh, leads into OVO Fest with Drake and a whole bunch of art. So it's a very, very good weekend to connect with people as well. Did you mention OVO Fest? Yeah. Did you are are you are you, are you a Drake fan yourself? I have to ask because I, I have to ask everybody. This. My, <laughs> I've been music sometimes, but not of him. Ah, uh, yes. There we go. See, I got somebody on my side. Even though I'm not even with the music though, but um, I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. <laughs> we finally got. Yeah. Is he big in Toronto, man? Like seriously, like oh, I mean, man. yeah, he can't he can't go nowhere. He can't literally go can't go to Toronto. Okay, okay. So they show him plenty of love. Too much. Too much. <laughs> Man. So, yeah, could we get into even, like, your Rosé Management Company? Could you just talk a little bit about that and how it um, all started? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Rosé Management, uh, you know, just kind of came out of nowhere for me. Uh, I was a college basketball player playing in college out here in Toronto, and um, I took an opportunity to go help a team, and, you know, that – that turned into me working with you know, the one pick of the 2013 draft. And, uh, just, you know, going through trials and tribulations with them, looking a lot of, I seen there was an avenue where I could uh, possibly pursue. So within that, I, uh, you know, explored a couple of options. And a year or two later, I, I decided to come out with my company and uh, blessing ever since. Um, Rosé Management and it's, in its entirety is player management, day-to-day uh, branding, a bit of marketing, uh, and production for some of the guys as well. And then there's a sports marketing side where I work with two brands by the name of uh, Embellish NYC Denim and my still watches. So that's pretty much what Rosé Management is, player management and sports marketing put together. Uh, there's a bit of event production, some marketing consulting for some brands and things like that. Or, um, to be honest with you, it's, it's just been me collaborating and um, trying to bridge different gaps. Uh, if you go on my website, my slogan says, leverage fame at every turn. And that's something that kind of helped me understand and push my brand while pushing others' brands as well. Yeah, Randy, my, my question for you is, uh, did, did you go to law school or anything? Or? <laughs> I was I was I was in university. I was uh, taking my major was sociology. Did uh, but, uh, my bad? Did, did. I didn't I didn't touch I didn't touch law school. I didn't even I didn't even graduate university to begin with. So so USA College had a higher ep- education had nothing to do with being a sports agent. Oh, I'm not an agent. I'm not an agent whatsoever. Oh, not an agent. Oh, wow. No. Okay. So what no, exactly no. would your like, what would you classify yourself as? Like you just manager. Uh, just manager, yeah. Manager. So, okay. Okay. you know, day to day, a bit of branding, bit of, bit of marketing, and you know, just trying to make sure that guys can just focus on playing basketball. But but you still you still getting a good piece of that uh, a chunk of that check, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> the agent, it's the agents that eat. The agents get the whole four percent and all that. I I get a I get a monthly salary that. You know, it keeps me humble. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it true like the agents and the managers they like they kind of fight back? Like I used to always watch Entourage, and I, I'm sure you watched that. And there was always Ari yep. Gold and and Eric. They would go back and you know they always had like a little problem there. Is that like true? Um, that, yeah. I mean, most times, yes. 
because you know the agent's coming from an agency and the agency has a vision of you know where they want to take a player and then you know usually a manager that is working with a player is either like a longtime friend or you know someone that they've hired from the inside and their vision could be completely different okay. sometimes it's a little hard to kind of get everybody on the same page and, um, making sure that you know keeping everybody happy it could be a little bit of conflict here and there but I mean if, if, if both parties main interest is to make sure that the player's brand the player uh, off-court brand is, is going the same direction most times we'll it out Um, yeah, uh, my, my question for you also is, you know, I was reading into a, a little bit into your background and, you know, you were originally pursuing basketball as a player and then that didn't necessarily work out and then started to transition into, you know, into the role that you have now. How how was that transition in terms of pursuing, you know, in terms of pursuing sports and basketball first as a player and then transitioning over to over to what you're what you're partaking in now? Uh, it was pretty difficult. Um, you know, you get used to waking up early and going for runs and going to lift and doing all that to waking up and answering emails and putting together projects and, and things like that. But with me, what I did was I made sure I kept the same kind of mindset. That, uh, I mean, you got to work hard. I have to continue to, you know, persevere and, I mean, just never settle. I mean, at first it was, it was pretty difficult because... Something like I've been playing since maybe I was like six or seven, like a little tight net in my backyard. And by the time I was 22, 23, it was like, okay, I think I need to put this up and do other things. So it was pretty difficult. But a lot of things that basketball taught me, kind of um, you know, working hard and things like that, uh, definitely transferred, transferred over where I'm at now. Yeah, and my question for you is, uh, did, did you grow up in Toronto and stuff, uh, playing basketball and all that? I just wanted to confirm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I was actually born in Montreal, and I moved to Toronto when I was about three, two or three. Yeah, so so you got the uh, the chance to play against or with Andrew Wiggins growing up? Uh, no, I actually I actually coached Andrew. Oh. I'm Andrew yeah, I'm, I'm 26. Andrew's like 21, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's my age. Yeah, my 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 class that I grew up and played with is like uh, Tristan Thompson, Cody mm-hmm. Joseph, uh, Melvin Ejim, uh, a bunch of guys that went high level D one. I played with those guys. How, uh, how was it playing with those guys growing up and everything? Did did you think? You know, when kind of basketball, your basketball career kind of ended, you were like, oh, I remember playing with these guys and I was better than them. Uh, at, at one point, I was. At one point. <laughs> uh, they, they way surpassed me. Um, and we hit like 15, 16-ish. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was great. I mean, I, I still have all those great contacts. And um, actually, I think it was 2012 in December, I went to spend time with Tristan Thompson. Went down to Cleveland and spent a week with him just to kind of see what it was like for the life of an NBA player and how you positively impact their on-court by taking care of things off the court for them. So that that was actually a major, uh, a major indicator for me. Like, okay, I, I want to work on this side of basketball. So yeah, my yeah. Tristan was actually a great experience. Right, right. And um, my, my last question is, do you think uh, with, with Team USA and uh, Canada, do you think Canada is uh, eventually going to surpass Team USA? Yes, of course. Really? <laughs> About how soon? Man, I mean, Canada basketball, you have the players. Maybe the next Olympics, 2020. 2020? 2020. Is it 2020 or 2019? It'll be 20. Yeah, 2020. 2020 is the next Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. So 2020, I think, I think we'll be ready. Like, you know, Andrew would be 26, uh, 25. You know, a lot of our guys would be older and more into their prime. You know, most of our guys right now are, are still really young. I mean, one of our oldest Canadians is 26, Andrew Nicholson. Yeah. 
you know, um, and the guys that follow after him are like 21. Anthony Bennett is 23. Tyler Ennis is 22. Um, so he's still fairly young. And I think with you know, time, our guys are going to be and be able to compete with anybody in the world. Are you, are you speaking from your heart here, or <laughs> are you being objective, I, Mr. Randy? No, I'm, I, I'm, I'm definitely being objective oh. because I know that a lot of guys. I, I mean, I watch basketball every day. Yes, and yes. I know, I know, especially watching the NBA guys as they get older. You know, they get stronger IQ raises, things like that. So I just think Team Canada. Although I do know them all personally, still young. Uh, Randy, you know what? You know all this talent coming out of Canada. Can you kind of tell me what you think? You know, kind of led to this, you know, raising of talent. You know, in in Canada, or and why people are starting to choose basketball over hockey. You know, hockey's really big in Canada. I don't even know why hockey's big in Canada. I personally, um, but I, I I would I would kind of attribute it to. Well, we had Vince Carter, mm. 99, 98, 99, it was. And just that whole surge. So basketball cool, and he was windmilling and dunking on people and dropping 50, and it just sparked this, this interest. You know, you know, amongst myself. And I, I, there was one point I thought Vince Carter was also Canadian. In fact, he transferred over everything and became a Canadian. So I, I would actually attribute it to, you know, back to the early 2000s when we had Vince and you know, we made playoff runs and things like that. Okay. Who's, 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 the, who's the bigger Canadian basketball star, Steve Nash or Vince Carter, like you were saying? If you ask me, Vince Carter. Hmm. Vince Carter? Yeah, just because he that. played in Toronto. Steve yeah. never, I mean, Steve was Canadian, but... We may have seen him once a year because he was always on the West Coast team, whether it be Dallas, Phoenix, or uh, Yeah. So would you say, you know, Vince Carter has been kind of to this generation of, you know, Canadian basketball players to, you know, what Michael Jordan meant to, you know, American basketball players? I would, I would say that. Wow. I would definitely say that. Would you guys, I remember when the separation happened with Vince and T-Mac, like looking back, would you guys have wanted, like how how upset were you when they split up? Um, at the time, I didn't, I didn't really, I mean, how old was that? I was probably like 11. Yeah. Yeah, so to me, like Vince Carter was God and uh, <laughs> T-Mac was just, he was just his cousin. Yeah. I didn't think Tracy McGrady was that good, so he left. That's so true. Yeah. Say that again, sorry. No, it's so true because then he was just known as Vince Carter's cousin. Yeah, like, that's really what we were going for. Orlando, he started averaging thirty points. I was like, "Yo, why didn't you do this?" <laughs> but I guess that puts things into perspective that you know, not everything's going to work out the way you want it to. So, yeah. with all of this talent that is coming out of that is coming out of Canada in terms of basketball, it kind of makes you wonder because there's always talk about where the NBA will expand to next. Will they expand to Vegas? Will they expand to Seattle? Vancouver also was a Canadian city that once had a team. Do you foresee potentially the NBA expanding to put maybe one more team in Canada? I could see that happening. I mean, we have pretty, pretty, you know, pretty good markets. Um, I, you know, I, I work with Thon Maker, so I'm in Milwaukee often. I've never seen the arena be sold out once. You know, the Warriors came to town, and it was probably at like 75%. Um, but I know if you bring in the teams to like a Montreal or maybe a Calgary, it'll sell. It'll definitely sell. Mm. You talked about your relationship with these guys. How did, like, exactly does it, is it just kind of natural? As far as how it shapes, I mean, you said Thon Maker. Um, um, I think with me, it was so after I, I stopped playing and I went back and started coaching. I had Nolan, Andrew, and Tyler. And, um, I guess the more, I mean, you know, the relationships, the more time you spend with people, the gets. And um, at that point of the process, I was just, you know, just there being able to help. So, and someone that, you know, a lot of guys just turn to. And, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Randy, uh, you brought up uh, Thon Maker, and I was going to wait until a little later, but you already brought him up. How old is Thon Maker? Man, that kid is 19. Years old. I mean, I, I I was with him, draft me. And he's like, yo, Randy, look at this. And I was like, what is this? And, and you know, he showed me this a tweet and a picture. And he's like, crazy. And then, you know, I, had to, I, I did a double take. So, 24? But then I, I really went back and I looked and I'm like, no, it's just a Yeah. Um, but he's a mature 19 year old. Like, he's a mature, mature 19 year old. I mean, he, he speaks very well and he understands business of the game already. You know, so, um, he's a, he's a big kid. He's still a kid, but he's a big one. Yeah, I, I just wanted to confirm from the man himself. <laughs> oh, no, is 19 years old. Okay, cool. Did you, like, with him and, well, I guess comparing him, Thon went straight to, um, the league, and then also with Anthony, he had just one year and then left. Do you think either one of them you would wanted to see them have a, maybe a little bit more time in in college, or you think both of them made the right decisions? Um, no, I think I think they both made the right decisions. Just in terms of this basketball team, I mean, there's a window. Everyone has a window. Mm-hmm. This time, the window is going to be as big as it's ever going to be, and you know, it's you know, that jump. You never know. You leave too much things to chance. Um, I know it's not there. It's a matter of going to college to just go to college for a year. He wasn't going to graduate in one year. Um, or go to the NCAA and try to uh, grow. That, you know, he's going to be playing in for the next 15 to 20 years. So uh, I think they both made the right decision. It was just a, a matter of timing and um, you hear about guys that you're like, oh, maybe that's basically end up not even reaching the NBA. So, you know, it's a scary job happens. Uh, try to make that And in addition, um, I also wanted to you know ask a little bit about how you know there's just so much money nowadays you know going back to the business side of it there's just so much money nowadays you know in the nba i mean with you know television deals being so lucrative and you know you know sponsorship deals and marketing deals just being so lucrative you know how has that you know how's that the fact that there's just so much money now in the nba affected you know in terms of you know how um players you know and, and especially your work in terms of how players brand themselves Oh, it's important. It's important that guys really look at themselves as a company. Because uh, when you're branded on the court, it's important to be branded off the court and vice versa. Uh, companies are, are looking to spend money because, like, basketball, I think basketball is a sport that's here right now. Revenue is through the roof. And, uh, you know, I it's harder for, for people to try to, uh, you know, try to save foot because they have to light on them. So it's important that a lot of guys have, you know, this circle around them. I can go to Entourage that helps me make sure that they protect the brand and the uh, value and value to the brand as well. So, uh, it's business. No matter how you look at it, whether guys are making a million dollars a year or a three million dollars, you can protect that brand and, uh, Protecting that brand and increasing that brand will also help to increase, you know, the money that you make off the court. Which is true for sure, which is definitely true for sure. And also, um, it must be, you know, it must be gratifying for, you know, for players, you know, when they, you know, when they, um, they, you know, you see certain things, you know, when they, you know, as far as them, you helping them and then all of a sudden you seeing the fruits of you know of your work and you know them going back to you and then saying that you know really you know thank you for everything that you know that you've done and you know not only you know saying that to you personally but also you know when they you know when they go out and they're asked about it and you know you see them you know echo those very same sentiments about what you've been able to do for their branding efforts in terms of who they are you know not only as players but also as brands 
Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's the the biggest part for me is being able to positively affect guys on the court and off the court. Curating ideas and seeing it come to fruition. Um, past few years, you know, I ran his basketball camp here and uh, the Anthony Bennett Skills Academy, and uh, we selectively select. I mean, I know when you, you know, like my, we have like two things that are part to be very organic, but I always want there to be content. And with me, one thing I saw with a lot of guys that have, have uh, camp, you know, since you ran by their friends, it's a really thing. Um, so I took, I make sure that, you know, kids are actually getting something that can help them in the long term. You know, so I had a, a, a medical team come in and, and work out the kids that had, you know, common testing tests and their foot speed and that. And I, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, it makes Anthony look good. You know? And past year has done that. And next year, I'm forward to growing it to be bigger and better. Hey, hey, Randy, can you, is there any way you can get to a more a clearer area or is it, because we're, we're like losing you in and out. Oh, really? Turn it, um, yeah. Turn it, is it, yeah, we're being told, turn your radio down if you can or. Oh, my radio's not even on. It's not on. <laughs> it's not even on. Yeah, we're just like, we keep, it's like in and out. We keep getting you in spots and then it fades and then it's, you're back. Okay. How's, how's it now? It's, that's better now. Yeah, that's much better right now. You talked about Anthony Bennett and your, you know, your relationship with him a little bit. Um, how tough was it for you, even just watching his first year or so and the struggles he went through? I mean, number one pick like that, and he's getting beaten up a lot in the media with um, with his first year in, in, in Cleveland, and then even going forward a little bit there. Oh, uh, it was tough. I mean, you know, Anthony, Anthony, and me are really tight. You know, his mom like calls me every other day, and I mean. Like my brother, so just to see my brother go through a tough time was really was really hard to watch. Um, but I was there to you know support him the best that I can and uh, try to keep pushing him. Um, Anthony's a great kid, and I mean, there's so many things that could have went another way. Um, wasn't here, so many things that went differently. But at the end of the day, you know. Um, there's no better timing than God's timing. So, you know, God wanted him to come out. And, I mean, he's year four now. He's still in the NBA. So, I mean, that, that's a testament to itself that he's actually still here. Yeah. Uh, although a lot of people have written him off and, and things like that. And if you really look at it, he hasn't really been given a real opportunity to just, you know what, Anthony, go. Just go. Yeah. Go and get it. Just try and go and figure it out. So, I mean, right now he's in Brooklyn. They play tonight. I think they play San Antonio. And, you know, past couple of games, he's... He's really, really locked in, and I think he's going to have a really, really good year. You think Cleveland wasn't patient enough with him? I, I've read, I mean, I saw they put absolutely. him. Absolutely. Absolutely. They had him at a position from what I saw. I mean, they tried to put him at a small four. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing was they were they they were bringing in Anthony expecting to for him to add 15 more wins to the game, to the season right away. And, I mean, Anthony missed summer league. He missed the draft process. And... Was just was was just cleared a few weeks before training camp. So I, I, I in my opinion, I think Cleveland should have held him out until he was ready. He was just playing at I think what was it fifteen pounds, twenty pounds overweight. Imagine oh, wow. you playing basketball, you haven't played in a few months, and you come back and so you're playing at the weight. I think that's what you have to deal with. And um, obviously, if you're used to doing certain things and you get to this next level, you can't. Do it. It's frustrating. I think it, it, it hit him a little bit mentally, and um, you know it was, it was tough. It was tough. Um, but at the end of the day, we were five million or whatever they're paying you, and they want you to play right now. Then you got to try to play. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was told that uh, for a rookie, you know, the best advice is for you to get in the best shape of your life because. 
that means learning and trying to pay attention when you're trying to catch your breath. When you're trying to catch your breath, <laughs> all you're trying to do is catch your breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with him not being and ready, and you know them still wanting him to play, it was it was tougher. It was tougher. Do you think uh, the Sixers taking their time with Ben Simmons? You think that's gonna uh, make him put him in a better position for the rest of his career? Absolutely, absolutely. Even if you go back to Anthony's draft, Nerlens Noel came in and his ACL was torn, and he could have played come October, November, but they were patient with it and made sure that he was at a hundred percent and he was ready to go before they put him on the floor. And he came, I think, the, the January or. February of that season and was ready to go. Right. How much were they expecting Anthony to contribute right away? I mean, I understand it's the number one pick, but I mean, be, did the pick surprise you guys at all? Oh, absolutely. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, yeah. I was. I was. We were. I was sitting at the table, and I remember I had just walked into the uh, the green room, and the guy from Draft Express uh, called out to Anthony's agent and I said, "Hey, uh, I think he's going to go number eight to Detroit." So in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Detroit's close to Toronto. It's like a three and a half hour drive. Uh, I can go home whenever. So we're sitting and uh, sitting and David Stern comes out and his agent's phone vibrates. And he goes, oh, what the hell? And I look at him. Yeah, what's up? Yo, you're So like, we all kind of like, like lightly freaked out. But then they brought the cameras around, so we couldn't really react to we wanted. We had to, you know, go stale face. And, uh, man, they said his name, and uh, I, I, shivered. I shivered. I shivered. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Did, really did you feel the pressure, like, at that moment? Like, it started right no, then? No, I just, I was more elated and, and, okay. and happy for, you know, him and his family and, um, I mean, he grew up in a rough part of Toronto early in his life, and uh, I don't know, everything started coming back, to, um, you know, from, from him um, getting hurt while he was at UNLV, and then he had some NCAA issues while trying to get into UNLV, and then he had some back problems in high school, and it was just to see him overcome all that adversity, and seeing the take number one was just uh, the thing that apparently but... You know, definitely, definitely, uh, really happy. I was able to be a part of it. Oh, uh, you know, tell me, you know, what kind of, what you would kind of say to some of these these young kids trying to decide, you know, should they go pro or should they stay in college a year? You know, how are, what kind of, you know, person does a kid have to be to deal with some of these pressures that come with being a, with being a number one pick and you know a franchise expecting you to change their, you know, their future? Right. Um, I think uh, my biggest piece of advice is if you want to go play in the big leagues, you got to learn how to be a professional. And I think that is it's understanding that this is now your job. Like you can't even play with it. So if a team wants you in at nine thirty in the morning, get there at eight five. Just stay dedicated to your your craft because I mean there's only like four hundred and sixty jobs and. Every year, there's another 30 to 60 guys that are trying to come back in to draft. There's guys that went to Europe that are trying to get back in. There's guys in the, the, the G League that are trying to come back in. So, if you're not a professional, you don't take care of your work. I mean, the game will humble you. You know, there's I know a bunch of guys that went overseas and had to come back, and then they finally, you know, realize. So, the sooner you, uh, you know, understand and try to be a student of the game and always trying to learn and trying to get better. Taking the time that you need to watch film, get an extra, you know, weight, extra cardio, extra shots, all that stuff goes along with you. not see it in, in your first year even. A lot of guys get drafted and don't even play. But, you know, if you, if you, you know, trust the process, as Joel and B would say, um, <laughs> be time, you know, your time will come. Did it... What happened exactly with Mike Cabongo? Do you remember that with the Texas situation? Oh, there? Mike, I, Mike. I feel oh, terrible, man. like, because I had, like, high hopes for for Cabongo, man. I thought he was going to be a really NBA player. I mean, I, I think we all did. He was a McDonald's. Yeah. I mean, if you're a McDonald's All-American, I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, I do remember Mike. 
Like, I remember he was supposed to leave after his first year and he was projected top 20. Yeah. And I remember he had to return to school because he wanted to be lottery. Which is, I mean, I totally understand, but that goes back to what I was talking about in terms of your window. Yeah. You know, at the time, I don't think Mike would have been projected any higher. But, you know, he decided to go back and got in trouble with the NCAA and teams were just kind of off of him. So it's, it's hard to say what he could have done and what he should have done, but at the end of the day, I mean, Mike's a man and Mike made that decision. Um, I'm sure he's still playing basketball, the game that he loves, and maybe not at the highest level, but I'm still sure he's good. He might be here. Um, his younger brother I used to coach, Jonathan, and Jonathan's really good as well. Really? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, Okay, well, what what is, you know, that the, the NCAA's, you know, one-and-done rule, you know, what is that kind of done for the health of not only the college game, but, you know, of the program, you know, when guys come to the come to the NBA and, you know, they don't really play and they just kind of, you know, they're gone after a year or two. Yeah. Have you guys seen the uh, the Ben Simmons documentary? Yeah. The one I think was on yeah. the HBO or? Yeah, yeah, Showtime. Showtime, Showtime, called, yeah. Called one-and-done. Yeah. And, uh. I think it's dependent on the player. Like, did Ben Simmons really have to go to college? No, not at all. Did he get any better? No. I mean, he's still the same player. There's some guys that do need that year of uh, maturation and, and getting a little bit more physically ready. And there's some guys that just can just go straight to the NBA. I mean, I think, I think, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Could I say Anthony could have went straight to the NBA from high school? I don't think so. It could be the year of just being a man at a school. Um, you look at someone like Ben Simmons. Did he need a year? Of, I don't think so either. Jamal Murray. I think he needed a year of college to really, you know, enter his game and, and grow. And, you know, it was probably best for him. But I think it just really depends on the player. Um, but one thing I do not like is how the one and done rule kind of just teases NCAA. You're only going to keep this guy in one year for college, and then you got to go spend X amount of dollars to go and be uh, NBA at games. That I mean, su- surprisingly, even with the one and done, you would think it would. I mean, it has to an extent ruined college basketball. I think people, yeah. yeah, like I think people come in every season, and you would like to see that that third year player and you know at least have that chance where your team comes comes back the next year with the similar squad and have a chance at you know a tournament run you don't see that anymore but for what you do i mean how does it affect i mean your line of work there with with the one and done rule uh it's uh, always a little tough um you know you, you try to you know you kind of try to project who may be coming in but um some of the kids you may be able to work with yeah. uh, and then they go back to school <laughs> so, I mean, it's part of the, part of the business the same way same way college college coaches recruit um, they could recruit this kid for one year like they think this kid might be a three year player and he's gone after one year you might have to say that you can just say it might be one and done and he ends up staying four years so it's just, I mean you just have to roll with the punches and try to do the best that you can with what's in front of you and what's available. Are you actively always like looking for the next kind of, or is it just kind of the next player up, or you just it just kind of falls into whoever you know, just day to day, whoever you meet, and it's just kind of more natural? Is it, or are you like seeking? I think it's more natural. More natural. Okay. Um, yeah, because I mean, just dealing with NBA players is just certain things that I've learned that I don't want to be around in terms of players. So, you know, if a guy is, you know, a really good kid and he listens and he wants great things and he understands the importance of building it off the court, that's work. But if there's a kid kid that, you know, who's who's an ass, you know, better than people and not humble and things like that, I, I wouldn't want to work with him because it would just cause me headaches that I actually don't need. Whether there's money there or not. Doesn't matter. It's going to take the fun out of my job, and once that starts to happen, I can't say that you know the lot of work is going to be great. 
And one of the and one of the things that also um, that one also looks at when when thinking about um, Anthony Bennett is the fact that in addition to coming into the NBA and having his having his growing pains, he also spent some time playing international ball for Team Canada. How much did that yeah. help in his development? Oh, absolutely. I think it, it definitely um, helped to build confidence, and um, you know, the international game is very physical. You know, Anthony's a very, very physical, you know, player. But he, he, he actually does really well in international play just because he's a tough matchup. I mean, he's big, he's eight, big wide shoulders. He can shoot it, put the ball on the floor, um, run the floor well. And um, internationally, he's, he's a pop. Definitely. Good. Oh. Yeah, I, I mean, even now going forward with, with what you do and with with Anthony, you have Sean Maker and, and, and Tyler Ennis. Uh, what kind of do you see your your management company like? Just a couple of years from now, what do you want it to be? Oh, that's, man, that's, that's tough, right? Lately, <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, whew, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I've looked at maybe possibly becoming a full fledged management, where you know, handling finance like a boulevard management. Uh, we're handling your finances, we're handling your branding, your marketing, while working with your agency. Uh, or maybe just stay in my lane and get two, three guys that I work with, maybe four guys that I work with, and just continue to put them throughout their careers. And uh, when they retire, I retire type thing. So I, I haven't really thought that really yeah. decided, but I mean, I think both avenues would, would be okay. Well, I think even what you're doing with the with the, the Rose TV, I watched a couple of them. They're really fun to watch, by the way. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> I think like you're just marketing yourself in the right way. So I think over time, like like you're saying, there's so much potential there. That's why I'm just wondering exactly what what was it that you see this company at in a couple of years. But uh, it's pretty fresh and it's and it's really cool to see how you're marketing yourselves with the TV show with um, with the episodes. I saw you have Anthony. Uh, it was episode two or so with. With yeah. Bennett, yeah, doing those different things. I can't. I mean, it helps separate you from that competition. Or, or are you always looking at what the other competitors are doing, or are you just kind of focus on are these just are those just things you wanted to do yourself, or is it just you're comparing yourself to other competitors and seeing what they don't do and trying to separate yourself from them? To be honest, I mean, I don't really pay attention to what other people are doing. Yeah. No. Uh, then you just kind of get caught up in okay, well, if they're doing this, I got to do this. They're doing this. I gotta do this because I don't want to set myself to a standard. Sure. Um, realize myself that I mean, I, I like to try new things and do new things. That's my first year with Anthony. And then from that, I, I started working with a few brands. And then from that, I started, you know, with other brands. And then like, okay, maybe I should work with another player. And you know, just try to do different things. So even with those ATV, I I have friends that are YouTubers. And they put together a skid, and they had me on it. They had a little vlog chat. They had me on it, and I was just like, "I think I want a camera." So I went and bought a camera, and I just brought it with me to summer league, um, which was episode one. And I didn't really have a for it. I just wanted to see what I could get on tape, what it looked like when I put it together. And uh, one thing that came to me was when you bring cameras around a lot of players, they they aren't themselves. Because they don't, they don't really know who's behind the camera. They don't know what they're gonna take and da 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 da. So when I brought my camera around, guys, guys were still themselves, and I was like, "Yo, this is great!" Because now you actually get to see what guys are like. Like, I went golfing with with, with Sean and Brandon Ingram and, and Jamal Murray and um, and I was able to catch that on film. If I was the media per se, would I be able to catch that? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, because no. I have you know, per- personal relationship with guys, I could. You know, I could spend a whole day with Tyler Ennis. I could spend a whole day with um, TJ McCollum. I could, I could do this because guys actually know me and trust me. So it was just literally, let me just see what, what would happen if I shone this camera on Jordan Clark. I think the positive feedbacks. And I'm just, to be honest, I'm just really just, I'm not even looking to do it for money and make money. If it makes money, great. But you're just but doing I it, really enjoy telling a story um, and starting with a vision and watch it come, you know, full fledged and you know fully happen. So uh, 
I, I, I look forward to doing more. I mean, I, I recently just met Steve Novak. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I, would, I, I said, yo, hey, I would love to do an episode on you. Like, what do you mean? Hey, you've played in the NBA for 10 years. You've played on like eight different teams. The story that you have to tell because like you're still here you haven't played a game this year but you're still here getting paid to play basketball what what is it that you've done that we're doing to help you here oh and um trying to work on that so we'll, we'll see man we'll see but i, I thoroughly enjoyed it and uh i'm glad people somewhat watch it obviously <laughs> you know youtube goes by the views and i'm not really you know motivated by that like, one of my videos is only at like 300 views I'm okay with that. The fact that 300 people clicked it—that's all. That's good enough. Yeah, man. Nah, but that's even. I think one of them, real quick. One of them, you had a guy on there, and I think it, it got pretty popular. It was a, I think it was like a minute video, a skit, and he was. I think the the girl. He was sitting on the couch with his girlfriend, and like somebody on Snapchat kept trying to like send him a snap, and he was trying to like. Like ignore it and act like it wasn't there or something like that. Like, and she kept oh, telling him to answer oh, it. Are, yeah, the, um, those are uh, Jermaine Richards and Trey Richards. Okay. They, they do skits all the time. And, Yo, those uh, are funny. Those are funny, man. Those are yeah. Dope. Those guys are those guys are very funny people, <laughs> and they're actually funny in person as well. That's the crazy part. Dope, dope, dope. Aren't funny in person? So, um, they actually inspire me and. Uh, Take the, you know, the whole video and vlogging thing a little serious, and I always bounce ideas off of them. So, just thankful to have those guys in my life. And, uh, That's dope, man. Well, man, seeing what you're doing, especially at your young age, it's been pretty. It's, it's amazing. Uh, so yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it's fun to watch, and uh, keep building your brand. And we're definitely taking notice, man. We really appreciate Absolutely, you calling, man. Out. The fact that uh. I'm speaking. You guys are in Atlanta. Correct? Yeah, we in the A. We in the A. Yep. This is this is. I mean, I can't. I can't. <laughs> you got to come to the A, man. Make sure you come to the A. Everybody's coming here. You might as well oh, join it. I came. I came. Uh, I came to see Son actually when he was doing his pre-draft. Oh, okay. that was my okay. first time, and uh, I definitely need to come back. You like? Okay. You so know you how did. Drake talks about the Hooters on Peachtree yeah, Street? Yeah. Oh, oh God. I went. I went. I went. <laughs> I went. I didn't even, you know what? I didn't even order anything. I just went to see what, what was up. Was she yeah, there? Man. Got like a water with lemon. <laughs> oh my goodness. That, that's down wow. the street from my uh, from my dorm. Yeah. Downtown. Oh, wow. That's yeah. right by Georgia State. Yeah, right by Georgia State. So we, when, yeah. that, and when that went, everybody was going talking about her, trying to find her. Where she what was her? What was her working hours, man? Did we ever find her? Did we ever find her? I don't think we did. I, I, I never found her. I she, I don't think she existed. I think Drake. I don't know what Drake. We got to talk to Drake. Oh, no, she that. actually does because she. I remember after that came out, she started doing parties. At whatever, whatever her name was, whatever, whatever from Peachtree. I think she, she works at parties uh, in L.A. and da 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 da. Yeah. Like, what the hell? I, I think she works at. Uh, she works in Buckhead now at the, uh, the other Twin Peaks. She works at oh, Twin, Twin Peaks, Peaks in Buckhead now. Wow. I think. See, Drake made it. Got another person popping, man. <laughs> we didn't even know. Mm -hmm. Well, well, big ups to her. <laughs> well, man, I appreciate you for calling in. Yeah, no, definitely. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. Thank dope you. vlogs. Keep up the dope vlogs, man. Yeah, they're good. They're Randy good. Rose, y'all yeah, subscribe to the man. I appreciate it, man. And thank you, you guys. Uh, the A-League. Uh, definitely be tuning in a lot Andrew more. And thank you. Uh, <laughs> bring in, man. Definitely. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Hey, I got a question for you guys. Oh, what's up? Was it Hillary or Trump for you guys? Oh, Oy vey. <laughs> what, about, what about Gary? I, I got Gary. I mean, it, it was anybody but Trump. You know how that goes here. It was anybody but Trump, but I went with Gary. I voted Hillary. I'm a Hillary guy. Hillary. I got you. How, we, how much were y'all laughing up there in Canada when y'all saw what we was doing down here with this foolishness? Um, foolishness. Well, I, was mostly, I was mostly in the States during the whole... Okay. That's why I didn't really... It, but a lot of people back home are like, yo, I think uh, I think I think Trump's gonna win. And I was like, nah, there's no way. There's no way. And then I mean you Americans never cease to amaze me. <laughs> I was like, how how you guys let this happen? <laughs> well y'all got Trudeau up there. <laughs> yo, man. Y'all got little Trudeau up there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean we are accepting immigrants, so if any of you guys want to apply, yo, just, uh, keep that border open, man. I might, I might need to get in there. All right, just keep it open for us. The A League only. All right. 
you guys try to make it out to Toronto next summer, man. That would be dope, dude, for sure. Really oh, yeah. Good time. You got sure. an OVO fest. Oh, God, I ain't going there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <All right>. well, <laughs> appreciate you, man. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Peace. Is it good? Next up, man. Heisman, that was Randy. Randy from Rose Management. Randy? Randy. And he's um, he's doing his thing. 26 years old. Already establishing himself. Tyler Ennis, Don Maker, Anthony Bennett. That's pretty amazing. So we appreciate him calling in. Um, we need to see if he can get us a discount. You know, Andrew Wiggins becomes a free agent. And, you know, we need oh, to we need Hawks. to unload we asked Paul that. Mills out. And, yeah. you know, we need a star. We won last night. So. <laughs> okay. So relax. Take a night off. Relax. Let us win. Hawks go. are starting to win once Thank again. So they're, starting to get it, they're starting to get it going. Why? Yeah. Why do you want to win? <laughs> for, for what? Wait, wait, wait. Same reason why you're Fal- you want the Falcons to win. I want the Hawks to win. Because yeah. they're going to win a champ. They have a chance to win a championship. The Hawks have no chance really on earth to have a chance to win a championship. Are we going to get through Seattle? Are we going to get through Seattle? Dwight Howard's the only one that could beat LeBron James in these. You got to stick by that. That's a fact. You got to stick by that. I mean, the Falcons can beat Seattle. They almost they should have beaten them the first time. Yeah, they grabbed Julio. I get it. I know, but they ain't gonna happen twice. Now the Seattle's looking like Seattle now. So let's just let's yeah. just let's just you know chill out there a little minute. All right. It's, we're seven and five. Julio's hurt. Who else is hurt? Sanu is a little banged up. So they'll be all right. They'll be. They'll be all right. Oh, oh, we're such a you. They'll be all right. Falcons they got free. We got Freeman. We got Maddie Ice still living. This we is why. Good. This is why I'm a Packer and Falcons fan. So then I can, you know, <laughs> anytime. <laughs> anytime one starts to fall off, you're gonna go back go, to Aaron Rodgers. Boom. Let's get it. It's popping. The cheese head on. There you go. But let me ask go you a pack question. Go pack Let me ask you a question. No, no, no. Next topic. Uh, <laughs> who has more passing yards? <laughs> Matt Ryan Matt or Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, well, I mean, you got garbage okay. yards. Those are garbage, garbage yards. Yard. Yeah, okay. well, yeah. right. yeah. I said what I said. Look, um, let's talk about the Heisman finalists. Who y'all my got? Boys, with? my boys. All right, I gotta tell y'all real quick. Uh, I went to College Football Awards this week. Oh, I, nice! I, I got to talk to uh, talk to them boys at the media day the what? day before. Yeah, man, look, Lamar, real cool. He grew up with uh, Kodak. Kodak Black. Yeah. Yeah. He went to elementary school with him. Oh, nice! That's why he's always saying free Kodak. Yeah, yeah. He All went right. to elementary school with him. Uh, so, Lamar dope. Lamar dope. but I don't think he should win because he he ended the season on a two game losing streak. He did. He did. He's a really cool dude though, but I don't think he should. That's win. That's enough I think to win. Deshaun me. Watson. Deshaun Watson. Wow. He looks like Jimmy Butler. Has anybody else noticed that? Yeah, yeah, someone else said that, yeah. Because my friend put him on his snap, and he's like, why is Jimmy Butler in a Louisville shirt? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Lamar. Like, it's... Me too. It's been such a foregone conclusion since since maybe week four. I mean, the guy has 50-something touchdowns. Like, there's no one else who has impressed me enough to just be like, okay, they deserve it over somebody else. But this is, like, one of the most... eh, Type of like Heisman final. Like when, when you lose like, to Kentucky in football, that was bad. And he no, and he had like what three turnovers that game. And I, I was like, damn, he kind of might have messed his his chances up. But nobody else stepped up enough. No, like, nobody yeah, took the spotlight. Right. Took the spotlight. So it's like you can't get mad at him. Those like, two losses only kind of closed the gap a little bit. Like the gap was so large before true. that those two losses just brought it to maybe. Instead of him winning ninety eight percent of the votes, now he'll win fifty or so. <laughs> what is his What is his Heisman like moment from this season? Um, Florida State, Florida Syracuse, State. the jumping over the guy. Jumping over the guy to me was like jumping ridiculous. over the dude from Syracuse. That's some Michael Vick. What about the, yeah, right? Was, even though <laughs> even the Clemson game, I saw that dude avoid, like literally, I don't know, go through defensive alignment and like sidestep like two linebackers without really. Ever seeming like out of control, and I was like, he won. Like to me, I'm like looking for little things. I'm like, this dude here's like Vic. I don't know if Vic was ever. I mean, Vic's elusive. We know that. Like one of the most. He's a better passer than Vic ever thought about being. Yeah. Oh yeah. Way better. He's more. This dude might be more elusive. When I see him like eluding that in that type of traffic, I was like, yo, I gotta give him to him. Like he got it. Vic was average at best passing. Yeah. Very. He and this guy's pretty big too. I didn't realize he was at six three or six four. Is he? Was he that? Is he actually six three, six four? Yeah, I think I might be taller than him. Or we're the same height. They might, okay. He or looks, but I didn't know that either. I was like, wait, he's, yeah, he's, he's bigger. Decept- he's, decept- he's deceptively big. And he's like, he plays like strong. Like, he, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't, he's not afraid to, he's bulky. Yeah. See, no, I, I'm impressed with, and even, like you're saying, Vic had, Vic might have had a bigger arm than him, maybe. 
think he's he more accurate. Line. He's but this guy, yeah, is more yeah. And um, accurate. you know, when I a couple episodes ago I said he won't be an NFL quarterback, I checked the back. <laughs> <laughs> he's, probably, he's probably gonna be a Roll top five tape. pick. <laughs> he's probably gonna be a top five pick next year. <laughs> he said, and my boy Leonard gonna be there. Please the Browns, stay away from him. Don't touch him. Alright, unless I'm touching y'all, you know what I mean? So <laughs> no, Leonard Fournette. Uh, and then Lamar and who else? Who else y'all think might fill out the top five? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a guy to watch. Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's the best player. Oh, he's a freshman team. though. But he's a freshman. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about the draft. Yeah, I'm talking about draft. No, even. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about for Heisman. Oh, next next year. No, this year. Jalen's not in. He can't. He's not in. No, no, no. He's not. But Why not? Jalen's had too many turnovers this year, and he was up and down too many like games. He's not. No. Mm-hmm. Next year he'll be definitely like in the front, like front runner. Yeah, the front runners never win though. I yeah, think Jacob true. Eason wins it next year. Sure. Oh. <laughs> anyway, another because somebody a, a, an objective fan of some other guy UGA. Fans. There is no way that the Falcons really are gonna that? win the Super Bowl and Jacob Eason's gonna win the Heisman okay. in the same year. Yeah. It won't happen in twenty seven. There's no way the Hawks are beating the Cavaliers. But you guys get on here and say that every week. So. <laughs> that would be too. That would be too. Like that would be too much of a dream for like for most Atlanta sports fans yes. for the Falcons to win the Super Bowl and for Jacob Eason to w- to win the Heisman. Not like we would, we're not ex- we're not no. used to no. that kind no. of elation down here. We're which Cleveland. Is not. We are Cleveland. For, I think we're gonna have to go through what Cleveland went through, like the city, just for a while. We're not gonna win. All right, it's gonna be a minute before we win, and I'm okay <laughs> with that. You know, it's just whatever it is. I'm tired of it. We're not gonna win nothing. I mean, I think the closest, like you said, I would, if I had to choose, it would be the Falcons would have a closer chance of winning a championship than the Hawks. I can agree with that because LeBron and and whatever. But you said that still, like that was like it was close before. No, it was. It's never. It's it was, never been it close. It, it's, it is they, close. It's it never, is close. You are. It's, you know, it's never. NFC been close. is deep. You know that. Like, come on. But the, in football, anything can happen. Anything so, can happen. True. So any. So after after the Falcons. After that, it's Georgia, the the, the football team. Yes. Then after that, it's Georgia Tech's football team. Oh, stop it. Then then the Hawks. After that, it's he Georgia's so basketball he's so, team. He's so disrespectful. And then after oh that, it's Georgia State's basketball team. <laughs> then we can talk about the Hawks winning. Like, the Hawks are not Why beating LeBron. Why are you LeBron. so disrespectful? Because they're not beating not, LeBron. Like, they're not the good. the problem with you? Because you're, you're from Athens. So you don't, if Georgia not- couldn't win with Matthew Stafford, A.J. Green, if Georgia couldn't win with Sean Moreno, Georgia could have won with Todd Gurley. True, true, true. Georgia could have won with, hold on, who else? Uh, we got who else? Uh, the, 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 Georgia the linebacker with, with the Dredge. They, they the linebacker to, with uh, the Dredge. Jarvis Jones. <laughs> Jarvis Jones. <laughs> they could have won with Jarvis Jones. Shout out to Jones. Is Georgia going to win with Eason? What, what, those teams were top heavy and star heavy. The, the teams that Kirby Smart is building will be deep like Alabama's team. That's the difference. It's not about having star players. And Wait, you said they will be deep? They'll be deeper. Like, if you look at Georgia's roster, up and down the roster, over the next two years, they're going to have literally 70% of their roster is going to be four-star and five-star talent. But y'all have always had top talent. No, we haven't. That was wrecked. That was look that, at the y'all. That was under Rick. No. Rick yeah, I know under Rick, but y'all had some really top recruiting classes. And no. then the next year, what happened was that they would get two <laughs> big five star talent. Okay, everybody else will be low three stars or oh, okay. low four stars. Wait, so why is the ranking so high then? Why did they put you guys? I don't know why they put because okay. they it's top. So they, it's top heavy. The yeah. tops will be the classes yeah. will be top heavy. Now the classes are consistent throughout. Yeah, even out. Okay, and there's one or two gym guys that are like, oh yeah, that's the guy. But really, everybody on that. In the class are decent guys. Oh, That's man. the difference. I'm, look, I'm patient. I think you guys need to be patient. I think you're patient with, with your new coach. But I don't know if the rest of UGA Nation is. I just can't. no. I feel like they're gonna. Yeah, I feel like they're already. I think next year he's gonna get some heat on him already if they don't win enough games, which to me is unfair because he has to clean up a lot of what Rick did. Yeah. But it took um, 15 years to mess it up. He's not gonna fix it in a year. Yeah, exactly. No, no, he's not. But Absolutely. you need to don't be disrespecting the Hawks like you do. You know? you stop doing that. I'm just telling you the truth, man. No, you're not. You know, I mean, like they're in the middle ground, and they don't realize they are, and they're trying to add pieces to get better when they're really making the team worse. They're making the team worse. Kent Bazemore got seventy million dollars. He did. He got a lot of money. Everybody got money. I got money. I got paid too. All right, I like that. I know, but I'm saying everybody in the league you're got good money. at what you do. Everybody, no, you're good Every, at what you do. No, everybody got paid this year. Everybody got paid this year. Which yeah. I know, I get. It's like stupid. Even uh, who's the guy? Um, Mike. we saw Chandler Parsons got like twenty something mil. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. And I take him over He never plays. You don't want him. He, his I, knees are washed. He's, no, so? he's done. He's done. His knees are washed. You don't so? want him. No. Well, okay, that's your fault. He I'm just saying. Everybody. You really, you're a hater of Kent Millsap. Yep. Uh, and you know what? We might really get Kent on the show, so you got to apologize to his face. I'm sorry, Kent. 
You gonna do it now? <laughs> you gonna do it right now? Wow. <laughs> so y'all not winning the championship, bro. I'm sorry. Are oh, you gonna tell him that? To oh, 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 that's what man. you meant. <laughs> hey man, Bay Bay's is a great man. Thank He's you. a great man. Thank you. But community he, he, work he, he does. He has let me down this year, man. On the court, you gotta separate on the court and off the court. Off the court. Uh, every time I'm in the locker room, I might be with Eric. This man always saying, "What's up? How you doing?" He be saying, "What's up, guys?" He's the cool he, dude. He always, always head not first before we head not him. That's so true. He, he's That's a so he's true. a good dude, yeah. but on the court he has let me down this year. Yes, and he's, I'm sorry, Baze. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it pains me because you my dude. Pains me. You my dude. Yeah, yeah. But you've let us down this year. He, I respect all that. I'm mean, you know a, <laughs> a friend of the show is a great friend, man. It, Hey, I I I appreciate you being nice to my friends, but you know, man. You don't I, care. Yeah, you, you don't care. Yeah. At you some know. point, you know, you gotta. You, have to, you, have you to play, play basketball. You have to play basketball. Kent's not gonna average twenty or nothing, all right? But just he got paid like he averages twenty. That's I know. what I'm saying. Everybody got, like I said, everybody got paid like everybody's they getting 20. money in the NBA nowadays. The, the money is rolling like crazy. Just like we were just talking with Randy, the money in it's the rolling. NBA is rolling like crazy. Everybody getting paid. Everybody, everybody get. Everybody. <laughs> no, and thank Michael for that. Michael and all of them set it up so all these dudes can get paid. LeBron getting paid. Everybody's getting paid, so it's fine. I get it. But uh, we, so we have to look at it more if like it's not. They're not actually getting paid what they're really worth. It's just like, you know, the leagues, that's how the league's trending, man. I can only imagine how much people are going to get paid like five years from now. Yeah. It'll be ridiculous. It's no different from what's going on in baseball. Yeah, it's no different from yeah. what's going on in baseball because baseball baseball players have been getting oh, crazy bread for yeah. the longest period of time. Now it's happening in the NBA. I what's, heard, what's you know, that Bryce Harper is in line to get maybe like a, like a $400 million contract. That would be insane. First of all, this is a guy that hit 40 home runs and people thought he was great. Like, 40 home runs 10 years ago is like nothing. a yawn. Uh, 40 home runs now <laughs> is the This thing called steroids happened. So, you know, it was like true, 50 was like, true. okay, he had a good year. Yeah. He hit 50. The steroid changed <laughs> And then it was like 60. It's like, you're great. If you hit 50, you're, you're good. If you hit 40, you're average at all-star. Right. But now it's like 40 is like back to you're good. But, I mean, uh, if the Yankees... Man, the Yankees look like they're about to get back in it. Because for a second, it seemed like, oh, the Yankees are going to build their farm system. Oh, I've never seen this from New York. And then a couple weeks later, you hear, oh, yeah, the Yankees, they saving up to get uh, uh, Mike Trout. And they're going to get Bryce Hopper in the same year. And they're both going to give him like $600 million <laughs> combined in the same summer. So, it, you know, New York is always going to New York. And um, I'm just excited that baseball's somewhat exciting again now. It's as long as the Yankees are owned by someone with the last name Steinbrenner, they're going to spend money, apparently. Yeah. The Red Sox just pulled off the heist of the century getting Chris Sale. Absolutely. I, I don't I don't know about his character, man. It, isn't he the one that, like, tear, ripped his jersey apart this year because <laughs> he thought he got traded and he didn't really get traded? Sounds like he was on K2. I mean, but he's, he's you know, probably the best pitcher in baseball right now in the American League. So. True. We'll see. We'll see. That shelf life in, in baseball on that pitching, you, you can't. On that mound, man, it, it's it's kind of short. It's kind of short. Days, you know, it's kind of short, but the, but the thing about baseball nowadays is, as opposed to a few years ago back during the steroid era, is now teams are loading up on pitchers. Look at what the Cubs just did. Teams right, are right. loading up on pitchers because the league sure. is no longer conducive to players hitting, you know, 40, you know, home runs, like, or rather 50 home runs. Like, in many ways, 40, like we just said, is the new 55. So yeah. you got to have good pitching. Look at what and, the Cubs and, just did. And speaking yep. of the Cubs, you know, the, you guys uh, and the Yankees, uh, the Cubs, I mean, the Yankees bringing back Arlandis Chapman from the Cubs after right. trading him right. like a couple months ago. And that's the Yankee thing. You know, Yankees gone Yankee. And they gone Yankee. They gone Yankee. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool, man. Episode here was episode 18 of the A-League Podcast. We had the man Randy Osset on from Rosé Management. Um, now let's, let's go around the room, do our outros. Eat your ball fives to Twitter. Go to hawkshoop.com. Check out some of the post-game analysis from me and Avery Yang. Um, ericyball.com is the website. I'm out. Uh, RashadMilligan.com. Uh, a lot of people have been talking trash about me. And uh, Panther Nation, Panther family, y'all, y'all my dogs, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
I'm nice to y'all. Why, why y'all hate me? So if y'all want to see me, y'all could pull up to the comments Ooh. at Georgia State University, Ooh. 231B. Pull I'm up. always there. You know, uh, they're they closing it down. They're closing the dorm down for December and winter break. But you could probably find me back on the first week of the year. If you are a student, most of you aren't students. You're like 40-year-old white men. <laughs> uh, trying it's me. lit. So if y'all want to try me, come try me, man. I love it. I love it. Hey, respect, man. Yeah, I love it. I love hey, it. Hey, man. Hey, don't don't come for Rashad, man. That jump was unnecessary. Put some respect man. on his name. He's very young, man. Come on now. It was unnecessary for real. It was really unnecessary. All right. Wow, they mad because they washed. That's it. I don't even have. I don't even have an outro. That 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 was my. That, that was, was good. Outro. No, that was that really He was. said he said the message. That he got it across. I'm good. I That's all it. I want y'all to know. Them shots. Send them shots. He said it. Akeem Balaam on Twitter and the gram. Check it out. As always, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Hey. But the real outro was what Rashad just yeah, said. It was. That was. That was. Put perfect. some respect on his name. Peace.